The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. goes out to you today for listening to Eco Radio KC on 90.1 FM KKFI Kansas City Community Radio. This is a locally made exploration into positive solutions to some of today's ecological challenges for all of us working to create a healthier future for our communities and for the world you live in. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. My name is Darnell. Today on Eco Radio KC, hosts Richard Mavian and Rich Gutowski speaks with their guest, Mark Hillenbrand of Hedgegate Hill. Hedgegate Hill was created to leverage the years of experience in nonprofit, for profit, and governmental organizations of its founder, Mark Hillenbrand. Mark brings a unique blend of skills and techniques from his experience working and leading nonprofit, for-profit, and governmental organizations. His ability to understand and guide organizational strategic planning and operational management is strengthened by his experience of establishing and operating a successful U.S. for-profit business, working for U.S. nonprofit agencies, and leading a Canadian governmental professional regulation organization. Mark's diverse experience from having lived and worked in local, regional, national, and international settings strengthens Hedgegate Hill's ability to support organizations in developing and maintaining diverse, inclusive, and equitable workplaces. Mark brings his extensive experience in quality assurance, engineering, and advanced education and training in mental and emotional health to organizational strategic planning, management, and improvement. We are all in this together, and it will take all of us to make the world safe for human habitation for millennia to come. We at Equal Radio KC are glad to encourage awareness and protection of our world. Our goal is to ensure our listeners are aware of how we can create a sustainable present for a sustainable future. Now, our show. Good evening, everyone. This is Richard Mabian, and uh, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Sorry I didn't get a chance to get in last week for the uh, fundraiser, the fun drive show. I, uh, I'm glad to hear that things went well. Uh, I, myself, personally, I was in D.C., folks. You know, yours truly was sitting up in D.C. for a meeting with a couple of the uh, major uh, environmental uh, organizations. We had the Community uh, Action Partnership. Uh, uh, agency, the one that was formed by uh, President Johnson's War on Poverty in 1964, I believe it was. And then we had the, I like to refer to him as the executive director of the Environmental Justice Department for EPA. And we, that's, this was the first time those two organizations had had a chance to, to actually sit and talk with each other. And it was a 
tremendous experience. You had those two powerhouses and me. So I don't know, you can call me what you want to call me, but I was there. <laughs> I'll call so, you trouble, Richard. <laughs> so at least we got a chance to be in that position. It's another feather in our hat. Uh, even for us here at KKFI, because that's where I, I, I am heard and uh and so KKFI can get credit for being able to bring those two groups together too. So it was a fantastic experience. And we have a good show for you tonight, as we always do. Rick is on there. Rick, say hello, buddy. Hey everybody, long time no talk to. It's great to be here again. Yes, sir. And uh, then we have our guest, Mark. Mark, I, I was saving you time, but just told you, yeah, yeah, you got time. You can introduce yourself when you, when, when, when we get the show started. And my guy came on and introduced you in such a way I've never heard anybody introduced before. So that you got good. that. Come on in uh, and say hello and uh, say a little bit about yourself, man. Yes, thank you, Richard. And Rich, th thank you so much for having me today. And to KKFI. Um, I was uh, fortunate to volunteer for the fun drive last week, so we got the fall or the uh, yeah fall drive, and I'll be looking forward to the winter drive. If you've never volunteered for that and answered phones, um, take take that challenge. Go to the website and uh, go to the volunteer page. It's a great day. You get to meet the DJs, you get to answer phones and take the pledges. So I encourage everybody to participate in the fun drive. I'm Mark Hillenbrand. I am a, uh, a chemist social worker who has background in systems development and organizational improvement. And uh, my life has taken me all over the U.S. and to Canada. And I've just re recently re relocated here to Kansas City, Missouri, and got connected to Richard and Rich through the work that they're doing to improve the environment and ecology. And anything that we work to work on improve involves systems, interacting with the people, addressing policy and addressing um, access to capital and lifting everybody. And it's going to take a, a, a team effort to address the improvement in both the environment and the eco ecology. So I'm grateful to be here today. Thank you, sir. And I'll just say, and then I, Rick, I'll let you jump in here, that uh, Mark um, added a degree of sophistication and professionalism to me and my co-hosts. You know, we we somewhat jokingly consider ourselves Archie Bunker and um, uh, what's George his name, Jefferson. Rick? George yeah, Jefferson. George Jefferson. Uh, the, I guess ethnically we fit those two uh, ethnic groups, but our behavior is similar because we 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 can be some hellraisers when it's time to do that. So we're used to having these these great conversations, uh, but we also know we have to walk on eggshell when we get around <laughs> when we get around people out in the real world. So we've so we've been looking for the caliber of person that can come in and and hear what we're saying and turn it into the kind of product or conversation that's needed uh, in that real world situation. Rick, I'll let you go ahead and kick in there a little bit. Yeah, well, so it's funny, Richard, that you said that it's it's uh, Archie Bunker and George Jefferson because um, sometimes we're a little bit too direct and we get a little bit too real, you know. Yeah. And we're both old as dirt, so people forget how it used to be. Hey, you talk about yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what we really have in common? What I think what really brought us together was 
we were disruptive innovators. So you call it hell raising, right? Yeah. We were disruptive innovators and we both started businesses. And instead of making it about making the most money for us and for our families, we, we, we created businesses that were for our employees, for their families and for the local economy. And I don't know if you had the same experience I did, Richard, but when I was telling people I was starting this business and this is the way that I was going to do it, all of my smart friends said, you can't do it. It'll never last. You're going to go out of business. It's irresponsible. Well, don't you know that centering my business around my employees and giving them a respectful environment where they were part owners and they were contributors, it actually made us very, very successful. And we were able to compete with some of the top businesses. And you would do the same thing with your business in the inner city. And remembering that this is a, this is a show about the environment. Everybody always thinks about the environment as, oh, we got to burn less oil and we got to conserve energy and all those things. But the reality is if we're going to meet the 20 and 30, the 2030 and 2050 goals, we need to manufacture uh, grow, make, buy, manufacture, and learn as much as we can as close to home as possible. So yeah. people don't look at what's in the world right now. You look what's coming and get yourself ready. And if you get yourself ready, you're going to be able to float the boat and, and uh, do better for you and your family and your community in the future. Right. So Mark came on board. He, uh, like he said, he met us. Uh, first he met, he went to Quindaro. And you go on Quindaro talking about what we're sitting there talking about now, somebody's going to hear it and they're going to say, well, we got the person you need to talk to. And the person he was talking to, Gary Wilson, at the pizza hut up there, pizza inn up there, got on the phone and called me. And he said, Richard, I got somebody sitting here. I told him, I think he needs to talk to you. And that's how Mark and I met. So, Mark, you want to say a little bit about, the, about, about well, what you do, man? Come on. Yeah, absolutely. And and that, that's a good description. I met you for coffee and uh, we met for maybe a good two, two and a half hours. Right. And after that meeting, I, I walked away and, and put together some, some thoughts and uh, a document and really honed in on what you had said that you, you were focusing or you had a plan to bring four key elements to the Quindaro neighborhood and the economic development of the inner city, which intertwines with uh, improving the environment. And that was education, workforce and economic development and leadership. Right. And then you introduced me to Rich, who went through his background in bringing uh, person-centered work and person-centered um, uh, employment, we brought in this economic platform of bringing person-centered employment into the neighborhood and in the neighborhood that is Quindaro, which then brings in the 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 idea that it is a freedom destination, um, that Quindaro represents the universal drive to be free. And the yes. history of Quindaro with the freed slaves, the Native Americans, and the European immigrants all working together to be a port on the Underground Railroad and to free freed slaves is just transformational in in its message and a vision of that we strive for freedom and and strive for a, a level and a care for the environment. So I was able to bring those things together, and I think it helped you put your thoughts in a way that gave you uh, kind of a way to talk about it and then bring to the conversation of next stage implementations. What do we do to move to the next step? 
I, I think you're so real. I mean, you're very true about that. And even going back to what Rick was saying, yes, we did have these experiences that were similar to each other. But in his case, he was out in the real world working in businesses and stuff. And I was teaching people to be free thinkers. You know, if there's anything that's been missing in the low-income community multiculturally, it's the, business, it's the ability to think freely. You are so much under control by the people who pay you uh, that you get to the point you're like a robot. You just do what you're told. And you don't find yourself in positions where you can even think yourself through circumstances. So that became my experiment with the program I put together with a janitorial company. And what I got a chance to do was to put people in positions where they had to think, where they had to actually figure things out. And that's what I got a chance to see how that would work. And the results of what I discovered doing that is what put me in the business that I'm into now. But here's the trick of it all. Nobody pays you to do what I'm doing now. No one pays you to do that, but it needs to be done. So this was a way for me to figure out how to sacrifice what I was doing for the last, oh, man, four, five, six years and go directly into the neighborhoods and start dealing with people and creating circumstances and situations that would allow them a chance to think freely, make a mistake, be able to recoup. This is what this is about. And at the same time, look for ways to create this business. I'm not a a, a, a Democrat nor a Republican. I'm an independent. I don't deal with parties i deal with the person and and and, and in this particular case biden's inf infrastructure bill was perfect because it provides money for the j40 plan which is coming into the low-income communities so all of a sudden the money that we need to do what we want to be able to do is available if we can figure out how to use it. Uh, Terry was saying, and I know I only got a minute here, we're going to take a break, but she was telling me before we got started that we need to figure out how to deal with getting that money. So I, next time on here, we're we going to get some IRA folks up in here and talk to them about that money so that we can figure that out. Folks, this is Richard Mabian at KKF5. We're glad you're here, and we will be back in a minute. Are you making a positive impact in your community? Let your story be heard through KKFI's Community Voices series. We're on the lookout for inspiring individuals and organizations that are making a difference. If you have an initiative that you'd like to highlight, head over to kkfi.org slash community voices and share your story with us. Together, we can create a stronger, more connected Kansas City. Coming up on Thursday, October the 19th at 7 o'clock p.m. on the People Power Hour, brought to you by Casey Tennant. We'll be talking about the Healthy Homes Program, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our guests will be from local tenant unions. The Healthy Homes Program is supposed to provide regulations for minimum health and safety standards for rental housing in Kansas City, Missouri. Is it working? Tune in to the People Power Hour, brought to you by Casey Tennant on October 19th at 7 o'clock p.m. 
I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. As seas rise, some small, low-lying Pacific islands are disappearing, inch by inch, into the ocean. Experts warn that countries such as Tuvalu and the Marshall Islands could become uninhabitable this century. Kamal Amakran of the UN Global Center for Climate Mobility says the threat to these nations goes beyond land loss. It's their statehood and sovereignty being challenged. It's their heritage and culture being challenged. Amakran leads the Rising Nations Initiative, which aims to protect the sovereignty of island countries threatened by sea level rise. He says the world must guarantee these nations a permanent existence, even as their homeland disappears underwater. For example, he says it will be important to preserve countries' legal rights to the same ocean resources. Government services could be digitized to decrease reliance on physical buildings, so citizens could access them from anywhere. And he says steps must be taken to build a record and repository of their culture and heritage. In order to be sure that it's something that continues to be cherished, continues to be shared, and continue to be celebrated. He says there's no time to waste to protect and preserve these vulnerable nations in a warming world. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. All right, I'm back. This is Richard Mabian here at kkfi.org.org on Eco Radio. And uh, I have my two guests, uh, my, 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 my co-host, Rick, who's here all the time when he can be. And we have our guest tonight, Mark. Uh, this is what I want to do at this part. This is why we wanted you on here, be able to share with the listeners the value of what you do, Mark. So uh, uh, I will, I, I, I'm going to set it from there, Rick. I'm going to let you presenting with the circumstance or that, that we'd like to address but we want we, people. We want folks to understand that what you bring to the table is probably the most valuable asset for people who are trying to plan and do something. So, Rick, you want to ask him some kind of question? Well, Richard, I think you're getting to the uh, idea of being a framer. Yes. So, um, Mark. You know, you use that term as if everybody knows it, but that's the real value you brought to Richard and I. And you even, on your very first comments today, when you went to his one-page document and my one-page document, you are able to do is, can you explain to folks what a framer is? Yes. What, what, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm applying um, systems theory. And so I'm, I'm constantly looking at situations, organizations from the perspective of micro, meso, and macro. So the micro being interactions, individuals, components. And then the meso is a group of individuals coming together to work on a task or a, or a, a collection of components fitting together. And then the macro is those policies and procedures and the the upper level uh, mechanics that that control a mechanism. And what you need to be able to do is to be able to, to break down those three components and communicate in a way how each of those interact with each other. And it's crucial because outcomes are based on that. I mean, if you have a vision without an ability to understand the micro, where the community is, what the neighborhood is, what the needs of the people are, um, you may come up with a solution that, that doesn't work in, in the context. So hopefully that was able to give you some in, insight of what, what I bring. Yeah. 
No, I, th I think it really did. I think Richard would agree. But I think there's a bigger part of what Mark did, too, that's that's just as much of an example. Because, listen, Richard doesn't have that skill set and I don't have that skill set. Right. right. Um, but when you walked into Gary Wilson's pizzeria, you didn't know Richard and you didn't know me. What brought you to just walk into the pizzeria and start asking around? You're not from Kansas City originally, right? No, I'm not from Kansas City. And and so I think what what answer what 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 will answer your question and, and I think it's a unique combination of my my undergraduate degree was in science, so chemistry, and I spent about 12 years in in industry and then I switched gears and became a, a social worker, got a master's degree in social work, which is all about person in context. Um, and then challenging the systems that we live in to improve them. And that's what led me to um, uh, actually through to KKFI, met some people who uh, knew Gary Wilson, which uh, talked to Gary Wilson, said I wanted to get involved in the community. And that got me to Richard. And um, I think that uh, when you when you look at the social work model, um, you can't separate yourself from the challenges of, of society and community. Um, it is what you what we all are. We're all a community and we're all being impacted by the legislation and the policies that we live under. And so that's kind of your it's all encompassing in what you think. And how do we bring all those pieces together to improve the lives of, for us all? Well, well you listen, know, that's I'll... beautiful. But there's a lesson here. Right. We've got four thousand people in the world that own ninety five percent of the money and the assets. If you look forward they're going to have to send that money back to us someday, right? We hope that it's peaceful. So the world needs uh, generations of entrepreneurs. And I think what Mark has sort of demonstrated is, is that's what a social entrepreneur is. Uh, there's a lot of people that might have Mark's skill set, but instead of walking down to Gary Wilson's Pizza or coming into KKFI, they're just sitting on the couch listening to the radio. No offense, radio listeners. But Mark, Mark, what sets Richard apart and Mark apart, and I think me apart, is instead of sitting there and complaining and watching TV and, and, and just listening, we got out there and we didn't have the answers. We didn't know the people. And, and, uh, but we just kept getting out there and asking questions and describing what it was we wanted, even though we didn't know how to get it. And in the process of the three of us doing that, things manifest around us. Yes. Who would have thought Richard Mavion would have been in D.C. with two big heads of agency <laughs> and not only with him, but they're listening to him, which is unbelievable. Yes. Mark walks into Kansas City a few months ago and now he's connected all over the place. And how did I get from, you know, Patterson, New Jersey, working with a crazy guy in Kansas City? You know, it was only <laughs> by asking questions and saying, look, I don't like the way things are. I want them to be different. And I just started asking people, how do we fix this? So you don't have to have a college degree. If you're just a junior in in in, uh, in in high school, you can start doing it. You don't you. The world is full of problems, and it's lacking people who are willing to get off the couch and start fixing them. So get yeah. out there. I agree. Uh, uh, going not not to uh, deny Rick his uh, his 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 ability, but he did a, a great job in, in 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 getting me to understand this whole concept of bringing the local business back into the community. And it fit right into what we were trying to do. And the reason this is important, in my particular role, like I said, they don't pay you to do what I'm doing because what I'm literally doing is teaching people in your face 
how to be successful in America, how to be black in America, how to be brown in America, how to be Native American in America, how to be low income white in America. See, no one's teaching those particular ethnicities at that level how to be successful in America. But when they associated with me on the in your face level, they're hearing processes that can be used to go from point A to point B to point C. My comment with them, now here's a major for Rick and I. I talk in terms of, uh, 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 he talks in terms of cross-cultural, and he's got all these terms that he's using to talk about blending in people from one sector to another sector. And I talk like I just did about what I'm out here in the community doing with a her teaching the person to be black in America and brown in America, da, 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 da. but at the same time, it's giving the same message. Mark came in, he heard Rick, he heard me, and he comes back with a sheet we both can use. That's just how simple it is, and that's what's missing. See, I see too many people in the low-income communities that open businesses, and they figure all they have to do is get a sign and stick on the front of the door saying open. And because they know all their friends are going to shop with me. That's marketing is not even a consideration. And I'm saying that's what we want to be able to make sure that we have a chance to find a way to, to make that be a lesson that people can learn themselves in the inner city. Right, and 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 some of the the things that we do in um, uh, systems theory and strategic planning are those things that we do intuitively, um, but we tend to think that business is this big thing I got to learn and I do differently, and we we don't do what we do intuitively. But um, a key part of of facing any challenge or process is identify, describe, implement, and then revise. Um, and to, to keep in that loop. And, and we do that in, in, in our crafts and in our, um, you know, throughout our day, but we get, tend to get intimidated by life, or, you know, by the, the titles of things in business. And um, we could just, if we bring our infinite capacity and infinite worth to what we do in our community, we can really make some incredible changes. Yes, because that's exactly what you've done. Uh, and, and and I think that if anything, you've proved to us, you've proved to me and Rick that that is a major part of what we need to make sure is included with us as we move forward. You're sitting here now as I guess next time you be on here, you'll be hosting with us because what we're talking about as we move forward, we need to have that level of presentation at the table with me. Since Mark has been in my life, I haven't had a meeting since then that he hasn't been on the call. Just one, the one with the grant writer I was with. But that that was just to bring them up to spiff on what it is we in the process of getting ready to do. There's just a way to make it level. It levels out what it is that we're discussing when we have some track A, B, C, D to work from. Okay. And and, and when you're working in, in the areas that we work in, I will never allow that to be overlooked. We're dealing with situations that people have never done. Uh, 
I'll be on a call with Rick on the phone, and we'll both sit there and agree. What we're sitting here doing should be recorded so that when we're showing people what you have to do, they can hear it actually being done. Because what's the thing you talk about, Rick? Learning on the job, on the job training or whatever. Participatory and experiential learning. <laughs> yes, that's that that that's it. I mean, uh, practitioner. You don't hear practitioner used on Quindaro. Okay, and I don't know a person over there that is anywhere near being successful that's not a bona fide practitioner. So I'm saying we need to figure out a way to have these words being said so our future generation are hearing these words growing up so that it becomes a fixture in their mind and in their life. The system says go read a book. Okay, you can read all the books you want, but if you don't have that word internalized, so what? You understand what I'm saying? And I like that participatory learning um, that Rich brings up is we we want to to help people envision themselves as being part of the system and successful. And our system has gotten so big and complicated, you can tend to think that it's too it's too complicated for you. But if we break it down, chunk it into parts, that's when it becomes understandable. And that's when it gets exciting and fun when people begin to envision themselves as being capable and um, very successful in their businesses and what they like to do. Yes, I agree. Uh, we also have to deal with the employee situation. We got a couple of minutes here, so giving you the time. Um, that's the other aspect of it because, you know, human behavior plays a part in all aspects of life. Uh, other aspects of my research has shown that we should be teaching human behavior to elementary age students because a lot of times people get step off on the wrong foot and it's because they misinterpreted what somebody was saying or what somebody did. And that's when you can get to a point that I'm not saying you wasn't right, but maybe you need to ask this person before you react and, and explode thinking what he said is what you thought it meant and it could put him in a totally different thing all right we down to our one minute again we'll be back in the next section we come in i want to hear from you mark on what things you would like to do or even ask rick and i to take us to the next level okay this is richard mabian and kkfi we'll be back in a moment Here's a calendar for the week of October 16th. In Platt County, Missouri, Eastern Jackson County, Wyandotte County in Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri, the Kansas City Plogtober cleanup is a great way to get outdoors and exercise while engaging in a socially responsible activity. The event will take place throughout October across dozens of parks around the Kansas City region. Signups are now open at cleanwaterkcmetro.org. Wednesday, October 18th, 7 p.m., All Bodies on Bikes. Join Bike Walk KC and special guest Marley Blonsky for a screening of her short film, All Bodies on Bikes, and a talk about building a stronger, more inclusive bicycling community. Proceeds from this event will benefit Bike Walk KC. This will be at Screenland Armor Theater, 408 Armor Road, North Kansas City, Missouri. Tickets are required. 
Wednesday, October 18th, 7 p.m. on Zoom, the Kansas chapter of the Sierra Club has a virtual event. The Recycling Goal, How Do We Get There? Kansas has a new federal grant to develop a plan for increasing the recycling rate in Kansas. Julie Coleman, Bureau of Waste Management Director for KDHE, will give us an overview. RSVP to act.sierraclub.org before 5 p.m. on the event day to receive the Zoom link. Thursday, October 19th at noon, Native Plants at Noon is a webinar. This month, take a closer look at the function of water-retaining landscape features like bioswells, guided by Native Landscape Specialist Alex Daniel and Sidney Ross, hosted by Deep Roots and the Missouri Department of Conservation. There's no charge for the webinar. More information at deeproots.org. You can walk, ride, or run in a different Casey Parks or Jackson County Trail on Sundays in October during Walktober. Sunday, October 22nd, 10 a.m. to noon, Walktober is at Penguin Park, Lakewood Greenway, 4124 Northeast Vivian Road, Kansas City, Missouri. This one-and-a-third-mile loop trail is a wide concrete trail that wraps around two lakes over a small pedestrian bridge and through the woods before ending up back at the park, which features oversized, iconic fiberglass animals and updated playground. To learn more about the event, visit caseyparks.org. Let me shout out to everyone who gave during last week's Pledge Drive Eco Radio. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Stay involved. Enjoy the fall. You can watch your local politics for environmental issues. My name is Terry. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. All righty. This is Richard again, and this is our final part of our show. Uh, we got a good 15 minutes here to talk. And like I said, Mark, uh, I really want to focus in on... Um, on you and and hear your 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 attitudes and thoughts about what it is you do and how even how, how even Rick and I can 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 participate and benefit from it. Right. Thank thank you, Richard. And and what I'd like to do take this time um, to kind of help you uh, brainstorm through next steps and 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 um, come up with some ideas of how we can leverage and uh, continue the work that you're doing. It is amazing the work that you're doing in bringing economic development and environmental improvement to the Quindaro neighborhood and connecting it to the Underground Railroad history there. And, and if we think about where you're at today um, and where where you're going in the future, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, the two of you, let's go through the micro, macro, and meso uh, components of that program. And when we talk about micro, the, the individual, what types of individuals are you looking for? Would you like to be reaching out to offer assistance, connect to, participate in what you're working on? Well, since since that's my uh, cup of tea, uh, the Quindaro and Underground Railroad areas, I'll take the initiative in talking about it. And one thing that I am disappointed in is the lack of collaborative efforts. We're so siloed in this uh, country and in our various cities, Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, it doesn't matter where, that each 
geographic area has individual groups that focus in on themselves, not not from a, a selfish standpoint, but from a learn, learned standpoint. That's how it is. And some leadership has to start that's not trying to keep a door open in their business, but to bring about what would be considered community organization. And that's what I'm bringing to the table. We got groups out there that are all trying to do something. We have politicians that are engaged in trying to do something, but none of them are talking to each other. And the one group they don't talk to is the people who live there. Everybody got these grandiose, great ideas, but nobody's talking to the people who live there. And I'm saying that's what the work I'm doing with the help of the like of, of the of like you and Rick and others to see that these people are being heard. Okay. I love it. Right. And and so you, what you're looking for on the on the micro level are individuals at all levels to come together and start talking, get out of their silos, focus on community development. Um, right. Now let's go to the mezzo. So kind of the mezzo is uh, the, the 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 community level, business level. And maybe Rich, why don't you come in and, and yes. what would you like to see from the from the mezzo level? Um, to help the community, or how how would you envision that be uh, um, improving the community? Yeah, so um, I'm going to make a comment about the individuals because I hear that complaint about people not asking, but the reality is the people that I know that live in base of the pyramid communities, lower income communities, they're working two jobs to make ends meet. They're dealing with, they're taking care of grandma. They're dealing with their spouse or their significant other and their kids. Who's got time to go to a meeting? Yeah. You know, so I laugh when these, you know, no offense to academics out there, but we're going to go in and we're going to do community listening. <laughs> God's sake, what is that? If an yeah. academic came into a suburban neighborhood and said, we're going to do community listening, they'd run them out of town on a rail. <laughs> so, so I love it that they go into a lower income community. I think people have time to be listened to. Yes. So, um, but that so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that comment. But I'm also gonna say about the the middle level, is that there are great people in our communities, great people in government, great people in nonprofits. There's even great people in business. There's great people in our school, and they want to do so good, and they are so frustrated. I I I don't. I mean, I'm like guys. We're in a room. Why can't we get this done? Well, you know, I got to do this with my grant, and I got got to make this number by the end of the month, and I got to do this quarter. I got to get ten more people in my church or my synagogue, or we're not able to pay our bills. You know, everybody's dealing with this system that that I think it divides us on purpose. So when I think about it from a business standpoint, I see those problems as market opportunities. So. In, in, in the support system I'm trying to build for the Richards of the world in Patterson and Birmingham, Kansas City and Tacoma, we want to integrate data feedback loops and we want to, to make relationship building a core part of it, but it's got to be within the context of people getting their work done. 
So when you say, who am I looking for? I'm looking for the early adopters in government and nonprofits and for-profits and schools, uh, neighborhood community leaders who um, this system should help all of you do your job better. But you're going to have to be out of the box thinkers and really want to do it together as true partners. And I don't think that's what people know how to work anymore in partnership. We can go fast alone. We're good at that in America, but we're very bad about going far together. Right. Thank you, Rich. And so that, that you're, that's an excellent description of what you're talking about, the individuals um, coming together in a kind of mid-level organization, collaborating together. Um, and you're speaking of uh, government, uh, city entities, small businesses and businesses and being able to schools and being able to think differently, not to go in and listen, but to go in and build relationship. Yes. And, and, you know, that the, the book that I always point to, and it's a really easy book to read. It's a graphic novel, which means it's basically like a comic book. It was written by Tony Driscoll and the title is everyday superheroes. And he says the way that you change culture are by those middle out leaders, the guys like Richard, who have their foot in one sort of the suburban community and then the urban community. You need to organize those middle out leaders and they're the ones that can really bring about cultural change. And listen, the culture's gotta change if we're gonna meet the 2030 and 2050 goals. But we can't change it with guns, we gotta change it by volition. People have to just voluntarily choose to, to live a different way. The, the irony is, we think if they live that different way, they're going to be happier anyway. We just have to model it for them. Right. I, Go ahead, Richard. Well, I was going to say that brings me to this point about um, a community program that's going on at KU Medical Center. I um, I got selected because they contacted me, some some young doctors, students, because they they see the difficulty that they have in being, learning how to communicate with low-income folks. And they saw something on me somewhere and they got in touch with me and we started talking about how we can come together. And they invited me to their community voice, their community conversation that they have. I've been there twice. And basically, I was the only community person there. <laughs> okay. And uh, of course, you know, me being who I am, I started bringing this out. And so now they have elevated me to a, they have found the, 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 the beauty in me being involved. And I was just telling Rick, they sent out a letter today that I'm going to send out to everybody and people here on the air, be aware that they have a, a session going on called Sustainability and Wellness Fair. It is free, and that's going to be October the 23rd. So that's next Monday, if I'm not mistaken. And they just got a letter out today inviting people to it to come and check it out. And they got yours truly. I'm going to have a table over there and I'm representing everything I do. I'm going to represent KKFI. Something on my test, test is going to say KKFI. I'm representing MEC. They told me today they're going to get some literature to me to be sitting on that desk. I'm representing the Sierra Club. I'm representing Richard. So I'm saying that it's going to be people coming through hearing what we're doing from a community perspective blend it in with their perspective and then we moving forward now they have asked me to be one of the speakers in november november the i think it's the 14th or 17th 14th and and and, and the topic i got is teaching a a a, 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 a create 
to create a climate change consciousness in the low-income community. See, we got people going in the low-income community to talk about them about subjects that the low-income community don't have the slightest idea what they're talking about. I just said it happens with Rick and I. If he's talking cross-cultural this and that and this and that in comparison to me talking just directly. So we need to be able to understand that as a group, with we need somebody like you to be involved in helping us de design a community voice. You understand what I'm saying? So this is the beginning of doing that. And so far, we got a good jumping start, okay, to go from that. So you don't have a choice. You have to be there, uh, Mark, next Monday on the 23rd. So you can be there and have that extra seat I got and be able to talk to people to let them understand that. Absolutely. And I think you're 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 kind of bringing the the arc together here. We we talked about the micro, which is the individual, the mezzo, which is the community, and then the macro is the upper level systems that we interact with in our in our lives, government and policy. Um, kind of speak to that. What would you like the leaders to know about the work that we're doing and how they can participate in communicating to the individuals in the community? Oh, boy, I don't know who you're asking that to, me or Rick, because I'm sure our answers would be completely different. Uh, but in my particular case, proof is in the pudding. Okay, straight out. They, we need it with the, the, the program next Monday. The, the success of seeing that being done. Uh, I, uh, they wanted to know if we had anything we could bring over that they, they, they could use for the rifles they're going to have. And I had a bag of LEDs that the Sierra Club been using in group meetings, handing out to folks when they come in the door. I took a picture of them laying on my bed and sent them to me, and they immediately wrote me back, oh, this is great, because these will appeal to everybody. You know, in other words, it was something they could use that was going to be of value to whoever gets it. You know, you got stuff people are giving you as a rifle, you give it to somebody and they can't use it, what good is it, you know? But to have those LED light bulbs, big ones, small ones, and different ones, ones that come on when it gets dark, that was right where they needed it to be. So I'm saying we're making that impression. And that's what it's going to take for them to say, we need him here. That's where it's got to come from. I need the people in the inner city to say, I want to do that. And I need the people outside the inner city saying, we need them here. That's it. Excellent. Rich, your thoughts on the upper level system? Well, listen, I'm so I'm I'm always coming at this from a business standpoint and from a money standpoint and from a market standpoint. You know, so I see markets untapped markets. You know, at one time in our life, Amazon didn't exist. And now Jeff Bezos is the wealthiest man in the world. And that guy didn't ever make anything, didn't manufacture a car or anything. All he did was connect people. He connected book buyers with booksellers. And what I see in Richard's, uh, he's part of EOF and Rita and, and Monica and Candy and, and, and those ladies down there that are doing this yeoman's work for very little money, they've built great relationships in the community. And I see those relationships as a there's a way to monetize them responsibly to allow them to expand their work and do more work. That's number one. 
Number two, everybody talks about workforce development, but nobody talks about workplace development. Our workplaces are broken, folks. And you can go to Harvard and Stanford and University of Pennsylvania, and they're going to tell you the same old maximizing shareholder value is the most efficient way to allocate resources. No, because then those 4,000 people wouldn't have all the money. So what I think we can do is we can revolutionize this whole system if we create supportive workplaces where the employees share in the ownership and the profit of the company and that, that, that those uh, profit shares go into local social impact investment accounts that the employees can only use to invest in a local entrepreneur. Then your friend who you know is really smart but didn't go to college and might have come out of jail or something, but you know he's a hustler and he gets stuff done. Then he doesn't have to go into a bank to get the capital to start his business. He can go into the community and, and go to the people who are working in this network of supportive workplaces and appeal to those employees to invest in his barbershop or invest in his farm or invest in his CBD business or whatever it is. Uh, but we need to restore local ownership. And my friends who are philanthropists are really sick of the way that philanthropy is done with this whole grant and grant process. And I've gone to my philanthropists and I say, if I create a business and I create a social impact investment account, instead of you making us fill out a grant, would you just do matching funds on that social impact investment account? And they all said yes. Richard, it's yours. You got two minutes. Come on. One oh, no, I brought it. That's it. Yeah, well, one thing, Mark, I want to do is for you to t let people know how they can get in touch with you from your business perspective. Right. Okay, if yeah, you want. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I offer uh, consulting and development organizationally systems and uh, board governance. And you can find me at mark at hedgegatehill.com or my website is hedgegatehill.com. Um, and the information you can connect me through uh, KKFI as well. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, thank you, man. I knew this was going to be a good show. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate you all tuning in and listening to us. I hope that we're being of value to you and we'll be back with the same kind of a program. God bless you all. Bye. Bye. Thank you. KKFI thanks Our House for feeding our volunteers during this fun drive. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, or brunch, Our House offers a variety of dishes from its location at 1815 West 39th Street in Midtown, Kansas City. For more information about the restaurant, as well as their cafe and catering services, go to OurHouseKC.com, and we appreciate their support. My name is Darnell. At the end of our hour, here's some environmental news for the week of October 16, 2023. EcoWatch reports. Non-native plants increasingly move north due to climate change, according to a new study by an international team of researchers. Many plants and animal species that originate from warmer regions are able to acclimate to more northern climates as temperatures increase due to climate change. The study concluded that as climate change continues, the likelihood of alien plant species from regions near to the equator to northern regions on the same continent will increase. With the increase in demand for artificial intelligence, AI, a researcher has found that this technology could have a massive energy footprint requiring as much electricity as a small country. Kansas Reflector reports. 
electric customers have a regulatory gap that allows billions of dollars of transmission construction to happen without oversight of need. Prudence of cost effectiveness according to a complaint filed with the Federal Emergency Regulatory Commission, the FERC, on behalf of Ohio ratepayers. The same concern exists across much of the nation. FERC has broad authority over electric transmission, but utilities might be taking advantage of the inadequate regulatory regime and spending billions of dollars across the country on projects that fall below the threshold for federal or state review as to whether they're actually needed or make financial sense. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service operates the Quivera Refuge in western Kansas. Its rare inland marshes provide a vital stopping point for migratory birds. The refuge has received less than its fair share of water because of irrigation use upstream from the refuge. Governor Kelly has stated irrigation use is more important and U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has agreed to negotiate. Missouri state regulators gave final approval to the owners of the Grain Belt Express electric transmission line to drop off thousands of megawatts of clean power in Missouri. The decision by the Missouri Public Service Commission was the final regulatory approval Chicago-based Invenergy needed to begin the first phase of the line to be built in Kansas and Missouri. For years, the utility company Invenergy had has been working through regulatory approvals and requiring land easements to build the 800-mile high-voltage transmission line, which will carry renewable energy from western Kansas across Missouri and Illinois to the Indiana border. The company plans to construct the line in phases, with Kansas and Missouri first. The line, Invergy says, will result in $11 billion in savings over 15 years across the those three states in Venergy must either sign voluntary deals with landowners or use its power of eminent domain to build on the property of landowners who don't agree. In both cases, in Venergy will compensate property owners. Republican legislatures and agricultural groups tried to strip Greenbelt's right of eminent domain, which would have killed the project. But last year, lawmakers passed compromise legislation requiring the greater compensation for landowners and setting a seven-year time limit for companies to build transmission lines after obtaining their easements. Inside Climate News reports, Biden announces huge hydrogen investment under the Inflation Reduction Act. How much will it help the climate? The Energy Department awarded up to $7 billion in grants for clean hydrogen hubs, but environmentalists warned some of the money could prop up fossil fuels and fail to cut emissions. Atropocene Magazine reports, Climate action shouldn't be voluntary. Regulations will absolutely be required to transform entire sectors. And there is no doubt that regulation can work. Sweden has the highest carbon tax in the world and has grown its GDP by over 50% since 1995 while cutting emissions. We don't ask companies nicely to not sell weapons to Russia or use child labor. We punish them if they do it. Sustainability Action Newsletter reports. 
Effergy has offered energy efficiency programs for Kansas customers. A suite of programs was approved by the Kansas Corporation Commission. The program includes free energy assessment, discount energy saving kits, financing and rebates for energy efficient upgrades, free thermostats, and water heater controllers, incentive for businesses for building and equipment upgrades, a pilot program for future demand management, and energy efficiency programs. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. Please tune in again next week or listen to our podcast at any time. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. Thank you for listening to Eco Radio KC on KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio. Eco Radio is brought to you each week by a team of collaborators, including me, Craig Mugo, Terry Wilking, Brent Rysdale, Bob Grove, and Dave Mitchell. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and not of KKFI and or the Midcoast Media Project. You can find our calendar and a podcast of each show on Eco Radio KC's Facebook page, as well as on our show page at kkfi.org. This is Richard Mabian, and you can send inquiries and comments to our email at kkfi.org forward slash contact or message us on our Facebook page. Up next is Fiesta Musicale, followed by Noche Magica. Our outro music is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you've got till it's gone Ooh, bye, 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 bye. So-